Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. You know, being in business for yourself means you become a one-person marketing machine. Sure, you'll have other people and systems to market your products or services, but when it comes right down to it, if you don't promote yourself, who will? Well, thanks to the wonders of the internet, we literally have the world at our fingertips. You can connect with clients and prospects, both locally and globally, and sell anything online to anyone, anywhere. And if you're really good at marketing yourself, you can attract fans from around the world. But here's some thoughts. The first of all is be your brand. When people think of you, they should immediately think of your business. You and your product or service should be one and the same in the mind of anyone you have met, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Now, to accomplish this, consider how you can embody your brand, how you can walk the walk and talk the talk. As an example, my company is selling in a skirt. So guess what you'll always find me wearing? Yep, a skirt. Spring, summer, fall, or winter, regardless of the weather or the occasion, if I'm attending a network event, a business conference, or even a private party, I make a point of wearing a skirt to keep my brand consistent. Sometimes people will show up just to see what I'm wearing. Now, I kept telling everyone my next book would be selling in pajamas, but at this point, that'll be book number five. The second is create collateral. When I wrote my first book, I didn't write it with the intention of asking anyone or everyone to buy it and make it a bestseller. My goal was to pull together the lessons I had learned during 30 years in sales so I could share those insights with others. Now, I did sell quite a few, but I also gave them to people that I thought needed to hear my message or needed to meet me. The book became my own version of my business card. 
So whether you're an author of a book or an ebook or a white paper or a quick reference guide, creating a tangible resource for prospective clients can position you as a thought leader and the go-to resource for their needs. Okay, the third one is a little tricky and a little difficult because it means you have to stay humble. So to promote yourself effectively, you have to be confident. People love to be around confident people and confidence gives you the trust. But be careful that you don't come across as overly confident or even conceited. Humility is just as attractive as self-assurance. So try to stay a little bit humble. Show gratitude for what you have. Never take the people you meet or those that turn into clients for granted. And when your confidence propels you to another level, never forget where you come from. Letting people know your accomplishments does not have to sound like bragging. Now, the next one is a little bit easier because we call it work the room. When you're speaking to chambers of commerce or rotary groups, it's an excellent strategy to promote your business and connect with well-established professionals in your community. You get a ton of exposure and you know that these groups are looking for speakers every week or every month. Now, of course, we need to be able to do that virtually today as well. When I first started my company, I needed to gain brand awareness. And to accomplish this, I would speak anywhere and everywhere that I was asked. And I was getting my name out and also practicing different talks to see what would become my signature talk. What I ultimately found was that I related quite well to these groups. And as an entrepreneur, I attend meetings frequently and listen to speakers in hopes of learning something that can benefit my business. Sometimes I'll watch to see whether people have a look of disappointment when the attendance is low. Some do, some don't. The smart ones don't because they know, as I do, it's not always the people in the room that can take you elsewhere, it's the people they know. And that brings me to my next point, which is be present. Even now that my business is established, I still speak in front of small groups. Inevitably, someone will ask me why I bother. Isn't it a waste of my time? The answer is really no. But presenting in front of a few dozen people continues to prove beneficial for my business. Here's a case in point. Not too long ago, I agreed to speak to what I knew would be a small group. And as the time got closer, I was feeling overwhelmed because I had so many other things I could have and should have been doing. And giving a brief talk in front of a handful of listeners hardly seemed worth the investment of my time. But when I arrived at the event, I talked to a few people, I had lunch with some others, and then got ready to speak. I only had 30 minutes, but in those 30 minutes, I built some amazing relationships. And I had listened attentively to the people I met before lunch and shared some of the information I had learned with the audience during my talk. They appreciated the fact that I was able to convey several of their common challenges, and they felt that I understood their needs and appreciated the fact that I cared. Well, immediately after that presentation, one of the guests approached me to ask whether I could be the keynote speaker at a very large convention. I also added two more coaching clients to my business. So many people would have assumed that the event had no potential for future business, that it wasn't worth their time. But meanwhile, I received three new opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I didn't go because the attendance was low. Now, wouldn't I rather be talking to an audience of thousands? I love speaking, period. So when I speak to thousands, I connect with a few people at a time. So they feel that I am actually talking directly to them. I also feel that I'm in a relationship with just them. So whether the room holds five or 5,000, to me, it's all the same as long as we're all truly present. Remember that people that are supposed to hear your message are the ones that show up. Now, there are so many ways to create buzz about you and your business, but I'm going to let my special guest talk about that and so much more. So remember, our brand is worthless if it doesn't connect with the right audiences in a relevant way. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. When we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about bootstrap marketing for female entrepreneurs. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we will be right back. 
what happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the glass floor, seven essential qualities for women who lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Hold on to your hats because it's time for my great, amazing, amazingly, perfectly wonderful guest, Kristen Marquet. She's the creative director of the award-winning PR firm Creative Development Agency, who has forged successful partnerships with celebrity fashion designer and correspondent Nick Varios, prestige hair care brand Briagio, French accessory designer Mona Rousset, and many more. She's generated media placements in Wall Street Journal, The Today Show, Seventeen, Glamour, and Elle magazine, Refinery29.com, and countless other outlets. She's also the founder of the media company FemFounder.co. Passionate about learning, Kristen has advanced studies in data and marketing analytics. She's also attended MIT, Boston University, and NYU, and holds degrees in literature and marketing public relations. She's contributed to Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, and New York Daily News. She's been the author of Publicity Jumpstart, 10 Ways to Get Your Brand into the Press, and has been instrumental in getting me visibility in places that I would only dream of. So welcome to the show, Kristen. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here again, Judy. Well, you're one of my favorite people, so I love to talk to you because I always learn so much from you. So let's start with the discussion of the day, brand awareness. What do you think when you hear that? It's interesting. So I think that so many entrepreneurs today get kind of tripped up or they define brand awareness in the wrong way. They think of brand awareness as one element of building a brand. So for instance, they may think of social media marketing or publicity or email marketing as a way to build brand awareness, but it really embodies the larger structure of what marketing really is. It's more of an integrated marketing strategy, if that makes sense. And I think that it was really important for me to clarify and define what that means, just so that your listeners have a better understanding of what it means. And so that they understand, like I said, it's more of an integrated approach. I think that in terms of building brand awareness, there are a lot of different ways to do it. The, the main thing is when you're doing so, all of your stakeholder touch points need to be consistent. Like you said, you are always wearing a skirt. It doesn't matter if you're at a small event or if you're speaking at like a TEDx or something. Your brand and the way that you want people to perceive you 
is uniform. And that's really important when it comes to building brand awareness. So even though my brand, you know, skirt has nothing to do with the article of clothing, for some reason, it went in that direction. So how important is it to listen to what people are thinking about you? And is it worth like changing it? So, you know, the skirt actually meant an article of clothing? Or does it not matter? You know, because I know that people actually show up to see what I'm wearing. And I'm thinking, okay, so, uh, you know, for me, it was more about a brand that people can remember as opposed to Judy Hoberman. Because to me, that didn't, that never mattered. But I find that sometimes people are doing what other people think they should be doing just because that's the way that social media, you know, portrays everyone. Right. So I think that in terms of creating a memorable brand, within your target audience, it's really important to listen to their feedback Mm -hmm. so that you can customize and optimize your overall brand messaging and the way that you are perceived. If a different group that isn't your, your core audience or is completely in left field and doesn't really matter to you and they're giving you feedback, I mean, I think it's definitely worth considering, but I wouldn't use that as the basis to change or modify my branding overall, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that for you, people showing up to actually see what you're wearing, I think that the way that you positioned your brand and the way that you named it, you know, selling in the skirt, all that kind of contributes to the larger brand infrastructure. And that's what you're known for. So I think if people consistently kind of consider you a fashion icon, which I do think so, you know, I've seen many of your pictures and you're, (laughs) and you know, I mean, I worked in fashion, you know, I was a fashion model in New York and Paris for years. And I got to tell you, your fashion sense is way ahead of mine. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I, I think that if you are consistent with that one element of your brand, I think it's going to continue to make you memorable in the eyes of your stakeholders and your particular niche, if that makes sense. Totally. So I don't have to change to selling in pajamas, right? <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I mean, you're you're way too stylish for that. That's mine. That's you know, that's the way I roll. I you know, yeah. I'm like the queen of yoga pants, and you know, I mean, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so here's a real question, though. You know, when people want to be seen and they want their brand and they want to be you know noticed and and a thought leader and so on and so forth, does it have to be expensive? to get started because most people think, oh my goodness, I could never do anything that would get me into the media or anything because I don't have the dollars for that. No, not at all. There are so many resources out there, free and low cost resources out there that give you the tools and the knowledge that you need so that you can start embarking upon your own publicity campaign, Femme Founder, mm-hmm. as, a point, <laughs> as a starting point. You don't need to hire a publicist or a PR firm until you have some type of liquidity, whether it's you're generating profits or you have funding. You really want to be strategic with the way that you spend your marketing dollars. I know that publicity can seem so overwhelming to entrepreneurs. Believe you me, you know I've heard it time and again. But if you can sit down and construct a very small marketing campaign and you pick you know, five to 10 media outlets that you really think that your story can fit into, 
it's going to serve you well and you're going to save a ton of money and it's going to give you another skill set that you can use for future ventures or for future products. You know, I have a friend of mine who's actually a celebrity chef here in New York and she does all of her own publicity and she's been on Dr. Oz, the Today Show. Her book is now a bestseller. She just released it two weeks ago. She learned the tools and I guided her on what she needed to do. And she's never going to hire a PR person. Took her a little time to figure out the flow and how she can package her massive narrative into, you know, a five paragraph concise pitch. But um, once you end up learning that skill, it's going to be one of the best assets that you have for your business. Okay, so there's two different directions we can go. We can go to creative development agency or we can go to FemFounder. We're going to go to both. So where do you want to start? So FemFounder actually, interestingly enough, started as an offshoot from my agency solely because I had so many entrepreneurs, authors, even fashion designers asking me how they can get started doing some type of publicity campaign because they lacked the five or $10,000 initial investment that it takes to hire a PR firm. And it's been just about three years now, and we've grown to over a million page views a month, and we have over 150,000 email subscribers. So it really has become an integrated one-stop resource for everything related to marketing, sales, branding, publicity, you name it we write about it. And the other cool thing is we actually profile successful female entrepreneurs and recently just started featuring uh, male entrepreneurs on their journeys. As you know, um, mm-hmm. Judy, I think that we had done a number of interviews with you over the years and we've just received great feedback and our readers really love the content that we produce. So it started off as this one stop shop and now it's kind of become its own media company with, you know, real media company. And I'm really excited to see where that goes over the next 12 to 24 months. Well, I'm always grateful when we do something together. And I do find that what you put out there is very professional. It's not like it's, you know, a little hobby that you're doing. It's very professional. And people will when they read some of the articles or when they listen or, you know, they will see that it is a very professionally driven endeavor that you're doing. And I I think it's wonderful. So I always love reading your stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing that coming from you because you are my business idol, more or less. Um, No, it's true. We could have a mutual admiration society going on between the two of us and that's it. We could just end it right here. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be amazing, right? So do you have to be technologically savvy in order to get your name out there? Because a lot of people aren't. And if they can't go to a regular PR firm, you know, like Creative Development Agency, and they're not sure if they fit into FemFounder because they're not technologically savvy, is that a must? Well, you know, you definitely have to have some proficiency in using technology. You know, I mean, you don't have to be a master coder or programmer. And they'll have to build websites and do all that. But at the very minimum, you have to know how to use Google. You have to know how to use Instagram and Twitter because you're going to end up finding a lot of your media contacts through those portals. Okay. So it's not, you don't have to be, you know, Bill Gates. 
No, no, you don't have to have a master's degree in computer science. I mean, okay. you just have to have a minimum proficiency, like I said, in using Google and yeah. social. And I think most people do that on their phones like every second anyway. So, <laughs> okay. So tell us what makes Creative Development Agency different. Why would somebody choose you instead of someone else? What is it that you offer people that they can say, oh my goodness, I have got to use you? Great question. And, you know, I get that question time and again from prospective clients, referrals, interviews. And I'm going to be completely frank with you. It's this proprietary analytic system that we use to measure and evaluate all of our clients' results. I actually had worked with a friend of mine who is a computer science nerd and analytics dork to create this program to track and evaluate media mentions, traffic, sales, you name it. There are some other programs out there that do things that are similar, but they don't explore as deep as our system does. And, um, you know, it took a couple of years to, to develop that system. But um, all of our clients really appreciate us being able to provide that information to them so that they can optimize the front and the back end of their funnels so that they can get more sales or email subscribers, whatever the objective is. Okay. So what if you don't have a big following on social media? Does that matter? It doesn't matter. No, not at all. Just as long as you have an engaged following. I don't care if you have 50 followers or 500,000. If you have followers that actually engage with and care about what you're posting about, that's going to yield much better result over, you know, having 500,000 followers and having, you know, like zero engagement. It's that simple. Yeah, I, you know, I always, I always say to people, so what makes you a thought leader? Is it 100,000 people that are following you and doing absolutely nothing? Or is it 100, 100 people that are totally engaged and sharing your information and so on and so forth? And I truly believe it's the lesser amount. But I also know that there's a lot of companies that the first thing they do is to see how many followers you have. That is true. That is absolutely true. And see, that matters when you are beyond the initial stages of building your business, once you've been in business for a year, two years, but you know, when you're just starting out, it doesn't really matter if you, like I said, if you have fewer than 100 followers. So where does mindset come in? Does that play, mindset. A big, play, play a big part in all this? Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to be able to think and you also have to be able to be resilient when things go badly. For so many businesses, it's happened, you know, with this whole COVID thing and getting shut down. But it really is about being resilient and being able to plan through the uncertainty and actually being able to kind of see what that light at the end of the tunnel is like. As a business owner, you know, I've been there time (laughs) more Mm -hmm. than once, more than I like to admit. I'm sure you have as well. But it it really is being able to, to be smart. And the other thing is, which I still struggle with is keeping your emotions out of it. Once your emotions kind of take over your thought process and your decision-making process, I mean, it's just, you're headed for disaster. So it's trying to keep an objective frame of mind, keep your emotions out of it and be strategic while also being able to bounce back from whatever challenges or failures you encounter. Okay, so is being a PR superstar, rock star, whatever you want to call it, 
is it this do you follow the same thing like you would do in dating like no politics no religion nothing controversial or it do you dance on the gray line a little bit you know it depends on what you're pitching into to what editor you're talking about from an entrepreneur to the media right not mm-hmm. from an yeah. entrepreneur to clients okay no. obviously you know if you are a politician and you released a book that's going to be the basis of your entire conversation with the media but you know if you're a fashion designer or you're a business coach or something that doesn't involve politics or religion yeah you don't want to have that conversation unless you know that editor because politics and religion particularly politics more so there's nothing more polarizing than that yeah, i totally agree and you don't want to good you don't want to alienate yourself you know, and kind of put your foot in your mouth before you even started. Exactly. I remember um, a couple of elections ago, it was, you know, a while ago, I was asked to make some comments about the election. And I said that I really don't want to do this because I have clients on the left and I have clients on the right. And I definitely didn't want to alienate anyone. And so the person that was asking me to do this said, you don't have to talk about the politics itself. Talk about the women and what they're looking for. And that was a very different view for me because that I could do because women are women. And, and it didn't matter that if you were voting for this one or this one, it was something that the women were, what they were worried about, what they were concerned about, what they were looking for. And I was able to do it without polarizing anybody. Which is fantastic. And that's, that's a skill in itself. Well, I was like shaking in my boots, I have to tell you. <laughs> well, it's all about framing, right? <laughs> yeah. And and making sure that your message is clear and, you know, that you're going to try to not offend anybody, you know, but then there are other times where you can't help but not. Like I mm-hmm. ha- actually had represented a couple of years ago, I had represented a congressman who on the West Coast who had written this book. The book was actually really interesting, nonpartisan. And um, the guy was really, I mean, he was brilliant, but in any interview that he would do, he would lay out the facts for, you know, on both sides and then his views. And he was very rational and he was very objective. So I think that if you are in that arena, you know, whether you're in the religious space or the political space, if you can communicate your message in a way that isn't going to offend people and you can be really objective, not like today's politicians, you know, I think that you're going to be, uh, and it's true on both sides, right? I think that you're going to be able to communicate much better, be able to convey what you're messaging and not annoy anybody or, you know, offend anybody. Here's a question for you. I was on Fox Business News Radio for years as their gender expert. They actually gave me the title, which I thought was great, and I kept it and I owned it. One of the affiliate stations had asked me if I would be his business contributor live every month. And of course, I said yes. And years later, I'm still on with him. So the question that I always hear is, how do you get the callback? Why would people, why would you know, a, a news anchor or a reporter or a media person, why would they ask you to come back? What is like a great piece of advice for getting that second call? I'm going to be completely honest with you. A lot of it is timing. Mm-hmm. But the other piece to that is you are the right fit for that show or for that column. You look the part, you sound the part, you have the right knowledge. 
it, it does take a significant amount of time to get to that space. But the, the way that I always teach my entrepreneurs is, you know, you want to build a relationship with an editor, a journalist, a producer, so that you could become a valuable resource to that person. You want to make their job much easier than it, you know, than it is. Once you end making that media pro's job easier, the more they're going to rely on you. I think that in your case, you know, you also had all the other components in terms of brand. You're also very well spoken, you know. So, I mean, there are a lot of components that that go into being a thought leader and being on TV or being on, you know, national radio. But the first step of that is to start to facilitate conversation or have a dialogue with an editor where you think that your story could potentially fit. Pitch them your story. They're probably Mm -hmm. not going to respond. Follow up two, three times and just feed them information to make their lives easier. And then once they start trusting you, trusting who you are, then they're going to start calling on you for comments or for other interviews. One of my clients is actually a psychiatrist in Boston. She actually now is one of the resident experts for Oprah Magazine because we had pitched her, I guess it was probably 18 months ago, and they had used her commentary. And now I I think that her commentary was so useful and so valuable to the editor's story. Now they call on her, this particular editor calls on her for every story where she needs an expert for OCD and anxiety management. And it was all about supplying information that she needed. So that's the first step that somebody can take. And the second step is making sure that you end up fitting the part, looking the part. You know, you have the knowledge, you're well-spoken, you have your sound bites, your brand narrative and your bio kind of fit into the larger story of what that media outlet is looking for. Perfect. And I guess, you know, like what one of the big things that you kept saying is make it easier for them. So if you show up, I think that's the first thing. If you show up on time, it's making it easy. You know, and a lot of people don't. But I guess, you know, also if, you, if you're prepared. And, and I think that that's also a, a big asset for them because they have all these hours that they have to have content. And sometimes they have, you know, 10 minutes. And 10 minutes that you're doing for them is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. it is. So you have a client on your website that called you Kristen the Magician. How did you earn that title? I love that. <laughs> she's a, she's so funny. She's um uh, well. First of all, I, I've been working with her for almost a decade now. You know, she's referred me a huge number of clients over the years. But I guess it was just you know she had these objectives that she wanted to achieve. She had worked with PR people in the past that weren't able to get her into these publications and kind of help elevate her notoriety of thought leadership. And, you know, I was able, I guess I was able to do it. That solidified the trust. And, you know, like I said, she's been with me uh, for almost 10 years now. And that's because <laughs> Yes, of course. And if you can generate those results for your clients, it's going to be golden and they're going to be spokespeople for you. So, you know, you're not even really going to have to do so much outward marketing because you're going to have a full pipeline of referrals, which is like the ultimate um, for anybody in a service-based business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you deserve everyone that you get. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Tell our listeners where they can connect with you, find out more about the PR Creative Development Agency and also FemFounder. Sure. FemFounder is femfounder.co, not com.co. And Creative Development Agency, we actually had switched that name recently. So it's Marquet Media. You can still use Creative Development Agency, but it's if you want to find the agency, it's actually M-A-R-Q-U-E-T hyphen media.com. Marquet Media slash Creative Development Agency is a fully integrated PR agency. And then FemFounder is more of the media company and PR marketing resource if you're just looking for a little bit of help in launching a PR campaign. Awesomeness. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for sharing the mic with me. I love when we get to chat and you have so much information that I know that people are going to just learn volumes from you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm looking forward to our next adventure together. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. It was so much fun. I always love talking to you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I want to leave everyone with this quote by Jack Dorsey. He said, make every detail perfect and limit the number of details to perfect. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Make sure you stay connected with us and remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.